0: That's incredible. All right, Tim, we're going to give you a nice little intro. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. Standing at six foot four inches and weighing in at 232 pounds, a man from Middlefield, Connecticut. We're at Xavier High School. He won three state championships, a quarterback who finished first in passing yards in the Ohio Valley State Conference while at Eastern Kentucky a rising star who started three games in the 21-22 season for the Detroit Lions. He's the best act of TB in football. Presenting the Laser
1: Show, Tim
0: Boyle. Incredible. Well
2: done. I appreciate up, you guys. So happy I'm here, guys. Appreciate you having me.
1: Hey, appreciate you coming on. And once again, we got to show the little lasers in there. because That's That is incredible. Who, because who that, that describes Because that describes the arm right there, but – Tim, first and foremost, I mean, appreciate you joining on. How's your offseason going?
2: It's been going well. It really has. It's been. Uh, it's kind of been a blur the past kind of month. Uh, you know, season ends. Uh, I kind of rushed. You know, back to uh, to Jersey City, New Jersey. That's where my girlfriend and I have our our new apartment, and uh, kind of got things situated. We went through this whole big move and kind of getting the couch and just getting everything kind of out from from storage because when I moved from Green Bay, I, it was a whole big move, but. Ah, uh, got to take a little trip with my uh, with my family down to Florida, which was kind of my my little vacation, kind of take a deep breath and kind of get away from football and get some get some sun on me. And then I actually just went out to the Super Bowl with my dad. So um, it's been kind of a whirlwind past month, but I think moving forward is kind of when I get to put my feet in the ground, and kind of plant my uh, plant my feet and uh, get back to work.
1: I was gonna say your your off season sounds anything but boring. It sounds like very busy. But fun. I mean, going to the Super Bowl, you can't can't top that. But Ted, can't beat it. I want to start off with the early but somewhat recent years. And I say that because you and I are the same age. You're actually a little younger than me. And so yeah. Teddy mentioned you won three state championships, your sophomore to senior season. And you really came into it your senior season in high school, over 2000 yards and finished the career with 29 passing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns. you got to mention that because we're a fantasy <laughs> podcast as well. That's where the points come in for quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so you play your first three years at UConn for college and you're playing in more games each season. Now you transfer Eastern Kentucky your last year of eligibility. And it sounds like it was a combination of a few things and you handled it super professionally. And I mean, the situation itself was tough. Three different coaches, three different coordinators, three different quarterback coaches. Now, I can't imagine how difficult it is to leave that situation. You're an in-state kid. You spent your first three seasons trying to help a team that had been struggling for years. At what point did transferring really kind of hit you?
2: That's a wonderful question and, and well well said. I, I can see you, you did a little bit of, of digging yourself, <laughs> which I appreciate. Um But yeah, I mean, you know, when I reflect on my football career, you know, it's, it's incredible. And it's as life is, you know, a lot of ups and downs. Um, You know, I was uh, a lot of success in high school. Like you said, three state championships, you know, I'm riding high and all of a sudden, you know, I'm this, you know, big, highly recruited, you know, quarterback now staying in state and everyone's excited for me. And, you know, I started as a true freshman and things just don't kind of go my way. And, uh, you know, that was kind of my story in college, even when I transferred to EKU, um, it didn't really go as planned. You know, I, I, wasn't that throwing 40 touchdowns, you know, five interceptions and, you know, get a couple of rushing touchdowns under my belt. It just wasn't that easy for me. Um, but to answer your question, man, it, it's, it's, it's self-belief I think is where it, where it started from and an incredible support staff, man. I, uh, my two sisters, my parents are the only reason I am where I am right now. And, and they have done a, a wonderful job, uh, of reeling me in when I have to kind of get reeled in and um, supporting me along the way. But, you know, one of the most difficult decisions in my life was, you know, kind of having to look in the mirror and, and kind of tell myself that I wanted to have a, a, a positive college experience. And that's kind of when I decided to transfer and uh, you know, your heart's pounding when you call the coach and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about transferring, but coach Diaco at the time was, was understanding and, um, and uh, yeah, the kind of rest is history. But I, I went to EKU and it was uh, it was an awesome time down there. I, I get to reflect on my time down in EKU and it's, it's friendships. It's learned a lot about myself, you know, got to kind of, um, you know, kind of change my body and I was able to redshirt. I don't know if you guys knew that, but I redshirted when oh, yeah. I was down there. So I was technically there for a year and a half, um, but just just such a looking back and i actually just talked to my dad about this this past weekend when we were at the super bowl but you know how do you sit there and allow your son who is going to get a good degree at a good you know at uconn and allow him to go transfer to a small um you know southern school where it's not it's not a highly looked at you know degree um but It's me following my dream and uh, my parents and my sisters allowed me to follow my dream and they believed in me and i believed in myself and look where i'm at now man it really is crazy i I pinched myself it really is but uh i'm finally at the point in my career now where i know that it was all worth it um and and i went through all those ups and downs and it taught me incredible lessons that i didn't know in the moment but looking back i'm so grateful that i went through those because now i know how to handle adversity i know how to handle know losing a job i know how to handle moving across the country and all of a sudden mom and dad are see you later and i don't get to see my family ever and it's uh, all those kind of things that people go through in life i was kind of thrown into because i wanted to follow my dream of playing football
1: and i love it i mean you took a chance on yourself and so many people i think are afraid to do that not just with football but with life like you said it's comfortable you've played your first three years there and football aside, like you're leaving your family and coming as a big family guy myself that has just stayed in Maryland, like that's something that's held me back. So I definitely want to give you props on that because it's not an easy decision. And I think, like you said, you're setting yourself up for future adventures in life that, you know, you you might not always go your way. And I mean, look, the, the right decision it was because. You played EKU for a year. You have your best statistical season with over 2,000 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, and you declare for the NFL draft. And, and I mean, look, you weren't selected, but you caught on with the Packers, and that's where you started your career.
2: Exactly. So, it was uh, it was an interesting kind of transition from EKU to Green Bay. But like you said, it's it's internal belief and in, and having that you know kind of support from my family. But I appreciate you saying that.
0: So, Tim, as an unf- undrafted free agent. Did this motivate you all at, at all? And also, did you feel like a lot of people were under underestimating your talent? Um, the reason I'm asking is that a lot of players who ultimately don't get drafted give up. Um, so I think it shows something about your character. Like you mentioned, that not only did it make you make it to the NFL, um, but you also started three games last season. So clearly, you're doing something right. Um, so what was that whole experience like?
2: Yeah, I think the unfortunate side of this business is that uh, people. Fans, uh, scouting departments, recruiting look very much into statistics, and they look into winning percentage. Um, not comparing myself to Tom Brady, but a guy who goes 199 and is the backup for a year, and all of a sudden he's going to win all of these Super Bowls, and he's the best player to ever play the game. Um, so there is a like I said it's it's character. It's when 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 the when the crowd. And you know how does that player you know respond? And for me, every time my back's been against the wall, I've I've shown up for myself, and that's one thing that I'm so proud of, and one thing that I, know, uh, is I don't. Know. Did
1: we lose you there? Or is it me that's lost? No, I think it's. I think it's. Did we lose you there, Tim? Can you hear us okay?
2: I, I uh, got me. Yeah, we got, we got you. Got
1: you. We got you. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. Yeah, you're just my saying bad, like though, it, you know bad. you're not comparing um, yourself. No, no, you're good. I mean. You're just saying. I'm like,
2: on the 40 floor. I'm working through some Wi-Fi. <laughs>
1: no, it's, You're a uh, normal person like us with bad Wi-Fi.
2: <laughs> uh, it's it's Wi-Fi is always a struggle. It really is. But it's... It, it. Uh-oh. Goodness. got me? yeah. yeah. We're, going, we're going a
1: little... We're going a little in and out here, but it's all good. It's all
2: good. I'm trying to you guys. I think I get a little bit better in here. Oh, awesome. Yummy. me. Yeah. 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 Oh, there. Yeah, going, going, uh, going for a little bit of. A, uh, I was expecting to go on, be quite
1: honest,
2: college, um, and the number I put up, but I knew that. Once I was in a rookie mini camp, I was going to be in there with first-round guys. First guy. It was just kind of up to me. Um, but to be quite honest with you, I didn't really have high expectations for myself in the NFL. I always, early on especially, I told myself, if I get a year in the NFL, it's a year more than I thought I was going to get. As much as I always thought that this long, incredible NFL career to go in Super Bowls, uh, the career I had in college, unfortunately, I did not set myself up well to put myself spot so the, I got an opportunity with the Packers I made the most of it uh, I learned from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game for three years and all of a sudden you know I, I get to spread my own wings a little bit and go to go to Detroit and here I am with a quarterback you know in Jared David Blau and um, you know got to learn a lot about football this year as well but it's just interesting the the growth um, of seeing myself as a player as a, a teammate how I've my thought process has kind of changed uh, every year in the NFL now.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, you, you mentioned playing under Aaron Rodgers, and it's no surprise that you will get limited snaps when he's healthy. And I don't think you necessarily got a yeah. fair shot your first two seasons. You only attempted four passes. You completed three of them, including your first to Bobby Tanyan. And I say I Bobby Tanyan because. Oh
2: man, that was a special.
1: I, is, is that quote True. Where they ask him, like, "Hey, isn't your name Robert? Why does Aaron call you Bobby?" And he said, "He's Aaron Rodgers. He can call me whatever the f he wants."
2: It's true. Yeah, Bob, oh. Bobby. Bobby is super with the flow and, and kind of himself. I mean, you were, I, I It's a it's a yes sir from us, and you move forward.
1: Oh man, oh man, you said a yes sir from Aaron Rodgers.
2: It's just whatever whatever Aaron calls you, that one. So it's uh, you kind of you got you kind of take that one from the the old vet on the team, and you kind of show him the respect that he deserves. But Bobby, like myself, we were just so happy and thrilled uh, to be a part of that team, and obviously, uh, yeah.
1: So. I, I'm curious to hear, and and um, Tim, I hope you can hear me okay. I'm curious to hear the life of a backup quarterback in the NFL because I think the casual fan thinks of Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State. I don't know if you've watched that show.
2: But, uh, I've heard of him. I have not committed to the show, but I, I definitely know the name.
1: All right. Well, when you got time in the off season, you definitely got to watch it. Um, but it's basically like the glamorous position. You're holding, you're holding the clipboard. You know, you're playing important, but you're you're anticipating not going in. But obviously, you have to be ready at any moment if the starter gets hurt. But what are some things that you go through maybe on a daily basis that the average fan doesn't know about a backup quarterback?
2: Um, I have to do exactly what the starting quarterback does. I don't think a lot of fans know that. You know, I think the backup is kind of a glorified, you know, you're getting paid a bunch of money and you're not really doing anything. but Uh, the backup quarterback is an interesting place because um, you don't get all the credit on game day and you don't get to go out there and throw touchdown passes, but you are doing the same exact work that the starter is doing on top of helping him during the week. And, you know, I learned a lot about that. You know, kind of Aaron kind of had his own process going through the week, but, you know, Jared was very hands-on. He wanted his his backup quarterbacks to kind of help him through the week and create lists and kind of watch coverages with him and kind of break down film. Um, so a lot, I learned a lot about, you know, that other side of football and, you know, how to make a cut up and, and doing all these different things to help the star get ready on top of the fact that I now have to memorize these calls. And I have to understand, I have to watch this film. I have to understand that if I go in the game, I need to essentially plug myself in so we don't skip a beat. Um, but, yeah, the backup quarterback is interesting because uh, every single play, you know, especially when the, when the quarterback gets hit, you're not really looking if the ball got completed. You're looking if he's hurt, if he's getting up, uh, if he's slow to get up because the second there's any hesitation, I'm grabbing my helmet and I'm going to go take some snaps with the center and I'm in the game. And that happened to me this year. It's actually been the first time, but Jared went down, banged up his knee against the Cardinals game. And uh, I, he was slow to get up. I grabbed my helmet, I took a couple snaps, and I was in the game. Uh, you know, fortunately for him, he wasn't, it wasn't a bad injury. He came in, I think the next play, but it's just that, all right, here you go. You have to be mentally in the headspace every single play, even when you're not playing that next play, I should go, I have to go in there and win, win a football game for us. So it's definitely, uh, you know, you definitely have to have a little bit of mental toughness uh, on that side of it, but, uh,
0: it's, it's what we all enjoy. So I'm not complaining about it at all. So I think. Now we're going to talk about your first start. So what was your, re- your, your reaction when you were going to be told that you were going to start um, your first game against the Cleveland Browns? Um, and then also, was it similar to that excitement you felt when you threw your first touchdown to Amon Ra St. Brown? Yeah, um, I would say the emotions were different.
2: Uh, the The pass I threw to Amon Ra was not intended to be a
1: touchdown. You know, he, it was money, though. It was. I
2: I appreciate it, but you never really know. So that play for me was such a surprise because he broke a tackle and he kind of just got in there. and I saw the referee put his hands up. and I was like, oh, wow, that's my first one. I didn't think it was going to be like that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a, a go ball or a post or something cooler than me throwing. But like you said, it was a good, well-placed ball. But uh, when I got the call that I was going to start, um, you know, obviously a little bit of – like, oh, wow, here we go. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I wasn't ready for that call because I was still on IR. And I was on the tail end of IR, and I was throwing with some trainers, and I was, I was starting to get back into it. But I got a call, uh, I believe, on that Monday, or it was a Tuesday before the, before the Cleveland game. And the week before that, we played you know the Steelers, and I'm on the sidelines in street clothes. And then the next week, you know i'm I'm getting the call from our head coach, I'm gonna get the start. So a little bit of like, oh, here we go. I have to go from being on IR and you know rehabbing my thumb surgery to here I am. I'm gonna go start a game against you know a really good defense. Um, so that week was it's kind of a whirlwind. you know, your first start, I think everyone kind of remembers their first one, and uh, our quarterback coach, Mark Burnell, did a good job of kind of we, we went through the room. Uh, I think sometime during that week and we all talked about our first start and just kind of the fact that you never, you never forget it. Uh, you go out there and just the memories that you create when you're out there, the guys just being in the huddle and the fact that I've only played in, in away stadiums has, uh, has been a treat for me too. It's, that's taught a lot, taught me a lot about uh, communication and kind of lowering my um, like calming down and, and learning how to breathe, but also, volume and having to work through the fact that being in a away team truly is way more difficult than when you're playing at home. And um, I'm glad, but, you know, to be quite honest with you guys, my head coach pulled me aside after the, after the season, he said, you know what, Tim, you've gone through it pretty much every, every single situation that a quarterback needs to go through in three games. You know, I had two minute drills. I had game on the line for fourth quarter drive. I have had um you know late second half we're down by a bunch of points we have to go throw the ball a bunch and go score like I've I've had a bunch of situations now playing those three games only that I can bank I can learn from and grow from which I'm extremely grateful for because this past year has been an incredible incredible year for me to grow and as you guys know I think the name of the game is is assessing your weaknesses and building on and, and assessing those and and growing from them, but also understanding and being aware of your, your strengths and, and growing on those.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think you put it perfectly. Like I, there is such an expectation that rookies make a positive or make an impact right away. Like people are talking about, you know, did the dolphins make a, a mistake with two? And it's like, we had a COVID shortened season, let them get some reps. And I feel like there's such an urgency to win now. And you're right. The future starts you had the one against the Falcons, I mean, you looked more comfortable. You went 24 or 34, 219 yards, a touchdown, an interception. And you're right. You go through different game scenarios. Now, Tim, I'm a believer in speaking things to existence. So I'm speaking this because you're going to be back with the Lions next season if you want to be. But Thank I don't you. think I don't think their record this year was indicative of who they are as a team because they lost seven games by one possession. It took things like Justin Tucker hitting the longest field goal in history for the Ravens to win. Dan Campbell seems like a great coach. The division is wide open if Rodgers leaves. What can the Lions do to improve so that they are winning these games?
2: Um, that's a wonderful question. And to be quite honest with you, you hit, the, you hit the nail right on the head because we are a talented team and we know we're a talented team. Mm-hmm. Um, the unfortunate part about the NFL, and it's also the beautiful part, is just the healthy teams. Need to hit their stride at the perfect part of the season, and we lost a lot of our key players early on in the season. They came back, and we lost them again. You know, and then you lose a TJ Hawkinson late in the season. Just key players for us that could have made a huge impact late, late in the season that we didn't have due to injury. But uh, I fully, fully believe in Dan Campbell, and uh, I told him that man, he is he is hungry to get us back on top. Uh, he understands what the city of Detroit deserves. He understands what the fan base deserves. And uh, we are all behind him. I, I promise you that we, we absolutely love playing for him. He is so genuine and authentic with how he talks to us and um, the transparency behind uh, the conversations that the GM and himself have. It's just, it's such a healthy environment there, but um Moving forward, I think we had a young team this year and that we played a lot of young guys, first, second-year guys, even rookies. It's um, getting experience uh, with those guys is critical. Um, but I think uh, the next step for us is a team that we can take. And, and to be quite honest with you, I've talked to Jared about this, and, and I can help facilitate this as a quarterback. But I think the more we hang out with each other outside of football, I think the, the, the more we will trust and um, – Be together on the field, and I know that kind of sounds pretty easy, but um, you know, I kind of took that for granted in Green Bay because, maximum, you're 20 minutes away from people in Green Bay, maybe 25 minutes away, just because it's such a small market, you know, which it's Green Bay. I don't Mm. know if you guys have the pleasure of going out there, but it's, it's such a small little place. Uh, Detroit is different, you know, I have teammates who live an hour away from me, I have teammates who live. 45 minutes that way and another 25 minutes that way. So it's just trying to find that middle ground where we can all hang out and make time for each other. I think that's going to be really critical moving forward, but um, yeah, you, you take a couple of plays away this season and, and we're, we're having a way different conversation about our record. Um, but uh, coach Campbell, makes sure that we're, we're dialed in and we don't blank whenever adversity hits.
1: Yeah. And I really think that you guys are on the up and you know, there, there's narratives in football and everybody thought that the lions are you know rebuilding getting rid of stafford taking on goth and it's like hey we're going to have some draft picks but i i like the mindset you have because you're right you the team is very talented and you know football one possession goes here or there and that's literally what can change between a win or a loss
2: it's incredible man and, and this past year has taught me that and i knew this with the packers but um it is it is hard to win in the nfl it really is and and that's why you appreciate teams that you know go 13 and 3 or 14 and i guess we have 17 games now but uh you know winning in the nfl is trust me we don't we don't like 17 games just as much (laughs) but 17 games man it's a tough one and uh rumor has it they want to go to 18 so we'll see if that happens but um, yeah, it's a it's a long season, and it's, it's hard to win, and you appreciate wins, you know, and, and the the three wins we had this past year were so incredible, you know, beating the Vikings, how we beat them on a walk-off, beating a really talented Cardinals team at home, and then ending the season, you know, beating the Packers on kind of a nail-biter game, and uh, they got to play Jordan Love a little bit and kind of get to watch him firsthand. Yeah. Obviously, I spent a year with him and getting, getting to watch him play, you know, and the fact that we ended the season and I got to take a knee on uh, on the Packers, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't do, I didn't do my old, you know, knee forward. I didn't think that'd be appropriate, but uh, <laughs> it was, it was, just, it was a special season. Um, but when I can reflect on it and truly know that this is going to be a, a growth year for me, and um, I'm so excited to kind of hit this offseason rolling because I know exactly what I have to work on. I know exactly what I need to do to become a better quarterback and a better teammate, and um, I'm excited. I really am.
0: And Tim, speaking of growth and success, and your former team, so what did you learn, and how did you grow as a result of playing behind four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers? Because I feel like that's got to help somewhere, and help and got to help your your success. Yeah, um, what I've said in the past, and
2: you know, people kind of ask me that question. I mean, imagine whoever you both look up to in your profession, right? Um, I've always been a Tom Brady fan my whole life, just being from Connecticut and being a New England fan. Big a um, TB, exactly. It was all <laughs> yeah, the fact that I'm TB12 now. Is it was so cool that I was able to do that. But he's the real TB12, and I'll never. Say, I mean, it's what an incredible career he's had. But um, it's uh, Aaron is a special is a special guy. He really is, and uh, how his brain works and how um how fluid he is physically is it really is alien like he he's from another planet in my opinion he really is he just the stuff he does with his body um there's probably only two other guys in the NFL who come close um and you know that's that's Patrick Mahomes and probably Josh Allen you know they're in from a from a weird kind of angles and mechanics standpoint um but being around him every day, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, he's just such a he's such a high level person um, and a high level player. So whenever you're around someone like that, you, your your game and your your mental approach just continue to climb. And I was actually reflecting on that a few days. I, I meditate now every day, and just the fact that I was able to be around him pretty much every day for three years, I mean, I know. Um, you know, just like stories, I know who he is as a person, and and I, I've had the pleasure to know Aaron now for, you know, four and a half years, and um, I promise you guys, I'm not sitting here without him because he has taken me from, I mean, the player that I was when I first came in the league was thankfully good enough to make to to slide on the 53-man roster, but competing against him every day and all these drills. And, you know, when you, you, when you're around him, you know, whoever you surround yourself with, you know, it's just going to continually uh, increase your productivity. So um, he's a special human being. He really is. And um, no one can ever duplicate what he does on the football field. It really is incredible. Mm -hmm. And I I hope he plays for as long as he can. And he has a a long, um, you know, MVP, MVP filled and hopefully he gets, you know, one or two more Super Bowls. I'd love that for him.
1: I, I'd love that for him too. And, and Tim, I want to go back to you because one of the things I've seen, you know, from this interview, from what I've done on my research is that you take accountability, you know, you're talking about what you need to get better in the off season and, and being prepared for that and your overall love of the game of football. And I think that's a big thing when you get to this point in your career is that you still have love for the game and you're not just doing it for the money. And, you know, hopefully at 27, you have a long career ahead of you. Um, I want to be right. respectful of your time and I want to get you out of here with a little triple play rapid fire. Some this or oh, that boy. questions. They're not all football related again. Is
2: this the first right. thing that comes to my mind or is this? Yeah. Options? I mean, you,
1: if, if you want, it's going to be this or that. So, I mean, if you want to take a second to think about it, but they're going to be weird questions. I'll be honest with you. So Teddy got, I'll, the be, honest, I here. Promise. I'll be honest. All right. I'll give you. Yeah, we'll start- I, I will be. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I'm going to start you off with a easy one. Invincibility or flight. Uh,
2: flight would be sweet. I agree. (laughs) Okay.
1: okay. The cooler looking Jersey, the lions blue or the Packers green. Lions blue. Okay. I see. Makes my, makes my eyes pop. Okay. Would you rather clog the toilet in the locker room or at Brooks place on your first date?
2: Um, set the tone early Brooks place first date.
1: Okay. All right. The confidence. I love that. That's going early. Would you rather wear a cape or an eye patch for a month?
2: A cape or an eye patch? I like my eyesight. I'll do a cape.
1: Okay. But you know that cape is going to be long. You might step on it.
2: That's fine. And people are going to judge me, but I'm actually, thankfully, at the point in my life where I really don't care what people say about me. And if I had to wear a cape, I'd probably have it for a good reason.
1: Perfect. So, since you said you like your eyesight, you lead me to the next one. Would you rather see blurry all the time or see black and white all the time?
2: Black and white. Blurry would be horrible. I'd go crazy.
1: Okay, well, you're good. You're good at thinking to these on the spot. Yeah. I have to say this one: hard or soft boiled eggs. Um. um you know, I have to throw I'm a not- last name pun in there
2: i appreciate that i'm not a
1: huge (laughs) soft or
2: hard-boiled person um but if i had to choose probably hard-boiled just because my mom does it and i feel like i'd like it because my mom likes it but i appreciate the pun
1: okay I, i think thank you um would you rather have to fart loudly every time you have a serious conversation or have to burp after every kiss
2: Um, burp after the kiss because whoever I'm kissing probably handled me burping, but I don't want to go crazy farting in front of everyone I'm having a serious conversation with.
1: You'd be farting around a lot, a lot today. I love how comfortable. I you have are. a lot of
2: serious conversations, exactly, and it's, that wouldn't be a good look. And I feel like the only person I kiss is broken; she can handle a few burps here and there.
1: You know what? You seem your authentic <laughs> self around her, willing to clog the toilet or her spot and burp. That's, i like that confidence is big to this position
2: We're, we are very much comfortable with each other which is a blessing in our relationship
1: i love that we got a few left here would you rather Keep wake coming. up in bed next to a porcupine or a skunk
2: that's a tough that's a double-edged sword mm-hmm. um i've had experience with skunk uh with my dog back in the day and that's that's bad news so i'm willing to go porcupine and just battle through the injury there. But the, the stench is a tough one to get rid of. I don't know if you guys have had the the, the unfortunate pleasure.
1: I haven't. I haven't. I, I actively avoid I hope you that. never do. <laughs> yeah, I, I avoid it too. <laughs> um, okay, I, I'm glad I got you thinking on this one. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson once or talk like him the rest of your life? <laughs>
2: uh, um. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably fight him. i get my ass beat, but you know, i fight him.
1: How many rounds do you think he could go with him? I mean, he, he zero. seemed like a pretty in-shape guy. i
2: I'm not... I, I... Like, back against the wall, like, I feel like I'd go, like, crazy for a little bit, but I don't have the stamina. What I'm, Can I train for this fight, or is this, like, a just get in the ring right now and, like, have at it?
1: I'll give you a little bit of training time.
2: Yeah, even if I get, had a little bit of training time, I'm still going to get knocked out. I just... I can't talk like that. I just, the, I like, I was going to like. say
1: the cheat answer that people say is I'll just take one punch and pretend I'm knocked out.
2: No, I'd try to fight. I don't feel like I would do that. I feel like I would, if I could stand up and, and get back up, I'd do it, but I don't do it. the videos. Even when he's an old man right now, the the videos of him training are sickening. Like, it, like I don't want any part of that, but I also like my voice. So
1: Okay. I, that's fair. Would you rather throw an interception or get sacked by Aaron Donald on three consecutive plays.
2: Uh, three sacks is much better than a turnover. So three sacks any day of the week.
1: But do you care about your body,
2: though? Uh, if I know how to get down <laughs> properly, uh, Aaron, it might hurt, but I'd, I'd be willing to take a take a beating just so we don't have a uh, a one in the the turnover margin.
1: Okay, I, I got a couple more if you like these. All right. On the topic of fighting, would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck?
2: Little well, guys, I, <laughs> I, I feel like duck-sized horses, though, could be interesting.
1: Okay, that's yeah. I'm
2: gonna do. A, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that one. I feel like I could. I feel like I'd have a much better
1: chance. Okay, I, I like that. That's. I think that's the better answer. You can use one utensil the rest of your life, a fork, a spoon, or a knife, and you can't say spork. What are you picking? And there is one right answer for this.
0: There is a fork.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank
0: yeah. you. Tim. The universal, so, universal utensil. That's a good one. Tim, hypothetically, if UConn played Eastern Kentucky, who are we cheering for?
1: That's an easy one.
0: Uh, EKU. Yeah. Okay, turns a-
2: by 90, baby. turns by 90. No disrespect to UConn, had a great time there, but that's my alma mater.
1: All right, I, I got a couple more because I do want to be respectful of your time. What oh, is man. your favorite? What is your favorite cereal?
2: Oh man, um, Cocoa Pebbles.
1: Cocoa? Oh, Tim, we were doing so Cocoa Pebbles, really.
2: Cocoa Pebbles, man, it, that and it turns it into nice chocolate milk after you drink the milk. It's incredible.
1: But why not Cocoa Puffs over Cocoa Pebbles? Puffs
2: are a little big and they scratch the top of my mouth. The pebbles are just more of like a, in. I can chew it a little bit and it's down the hatch.
1: Okay. All right. That's, do you think you could eat a family size box of those in one sitting?
2: Family. Oh, I have.
1: You have. Oh, maybe we can get you on our next food challenge. That's what we're going to do. It's like
2: in one setting. Like I had to sit here and just like bowl, pour it again, eat another bowl, family size.
1: Yeah. Family size box, eat it in one. It could be like an hour. You've done that.
2: Uh, I don't know about family, but if I like if there was like a if it was a challenge, I'd be able to do it because I would enjoy it. I wouldn't it wouldn't like hurt me to do.
1: Oh, we're going to do this in like a month or so. If you want to hop on and, and live stream with us,
2: I could probably do a family size box. I mean, I, it'd probably be my meal.
1: I'd need to fast for a few hours before. OK, OK. I'm going to remember this to follow up the last one here. Would you rather eat an entire bag of hot dogs or hot dog buns? That's tough. (laughs) I saved a good one to end it on. Basically, you want protein or carbs?
2: I was going to say protein, but also I know what hot dogs are made out of and it's not cute. So I'd have a tough time mentally getting through those hot dogs, but too, too many carbs can't do it for the body.
1: Oh, can't, can't have a dad bod. No dad bod.
2: Can't do it. Got to keep it tight for Brooke.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Tim, we really appreciate you joining on, um, and, and shooting, shooting the you know, you know what with us. Um, you know, before we get you out of here, is there anything you want to plug where they can find you on the socials, where they can find your highlights besides YouTube? To be quite honest with you guys, and I was going to not necessarily shout out, but if people do reach out to me,
2: I'm actually going through a little bit of a, a phone detox. So if you reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter, I will get back to you like, like yourselves, but yeah. it, it might take me some time because I'm not on the platforms as much as other people are due to the fact that I'm trying to get away from social media. So just a little tidbit for those people watching that I will get back to you, but I, I'm not on, on Instagram and Twitter and all that as much as everyone
1: else's. Oh man. What, what a guy Try to detox from social media in an era that is captivating us all, but make sure you follow him on Instagram at Tim Boyle underscore eight. He is verified. So it's the real Tim Boyle here. If you didn't yes, know, sir. And then on Twitter, let me pull it up right here. You are at Tim Boyle underscore seven. Seven, so the high there school number.
2: The high school digit. Nice. I didn't change it. Cool.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the seven and the eight. Um, but for everybody that tunes in and watches Triple Play, we really appreciate it. Make sure you catch some other stuff we got going on the YouTube channel, some athlete interviews. And everybody, stay safe. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. I love it. Guys, a pleasure. Thank you.